Welcome to another PI World podcast. This is an audio-only version offered as another way to enjoy our great content. A full video version can be seen on piworld.co.uk where you can find many more videos of interest to investors. Welcome to the Property Franchise Group Full Year 2022 Results Webinar. I now hand over to Gareth Sample, CEO, and David Raggett, CFO. Gareth, over to you. Thanks, Tamsin, and and, uh, thanks for everybody's interest today. Great set of results to report, strong financial performance ahead of market expectations is the title slide. Um, and, and we're delighted with, uh, with, with the way we navigated 2022. Just to get an understanding for those of you not aware of who we are, we're the UK's largest property franchise business. We operate out of nine brands, three of those being national and six of those being strong regional brands. Martin & Co is predominantly lettings and, and improving their result in sales. Hunters, a business we bought a couple of years ago, um, predominantly sales with a strong lettings business that's growing and then a hybrid um, estate agency um, business you move and that actually celebrated its 10th anniversary this year We've then got six really strong regional brands cj hole parkers country properties ellison co whitegates and mullocks and that gives a significant scale we have 570 businesses trading territories including you move you move in its own right as 189 territories operating, and that will break 200, I would hope, in the next six months. We look after, on behalf of landlords, 76,000 uh, managed properties. Um, and in 2022, we sold uh, in excess of uh, 24,000 properties, which would put us number two in the estate agency market um, in terms of volume. What's our purpose? And, you know, this is really important to us. You know, it's to support our franchisees, helping them to become more profitable, more successful. And a big part of the transformation over the last three years has been about putting in place that leadership team that we'll talk about a little bit later, that really on a day-to-day basis supports the franchisees in looking at the opportunities that they have within their business and helping them execute on those. And our vision is to achieve an increasing UK market share of lettings, estate agency transactions and property related financial services. Record year for the group. And we've said that every six months since we came out of lockdown. You know, we've been on a really fast journey. And, you know, if you look at what the business looked like five years ago to what it looks like today, it's it's absolutely chalk and cheese. And we're going to talk you through some of those numbers. Or David is a little bit later. We've delivered on investment and growth objectives with strong financial performance, significantly increasing revenue and profit this year. Strong organic growth in lettings revenues. The market in lettings is on fire. And the rent inflation is 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 driving um, good levels of income into the franchise businesses, um, and that's underpinned by our quality of service and market strength. You know, with seventy six thousand properties under management, again, we'd be number two in that marketplace. So we've got real scale across that business. Operating profit increased to forty percent, which we were delighted about, and that's in the second year in the row to nine point three million pounds. The integration of hunters has been achieved ahead of target. You know, I remember sitting on this call two years ago when we just, you know, bought the business and were cock a hoop. And a lot of people said, well, it's okay buying a business, but you, now you've got to demonstrate that you can make it work. And I think we've done that. 
Um, and we're now benefiting as an, as an enlarged group with, with um, uh, most of the synergies achieved. Big part, and I've touched on this already, is continued investment into our highly experienced senior management team. I look back to when I joined the group back in February 2020, and it really was just me and David. We've now got, you know, what I consider to be the best, most capable leadership team that, that on a day-to-day basis works with our franchisees. We've got an MD in each business. They have operations directors that look after about 40 branches each. Um, and, and the relationship between franchisor and franchisee has never been closer. Uh, and we're working together to look at the opportunities and how locally we can we can um, secure that additional market share in both sales, lettings and latterly financial services. And that's been a big change in terms of the group. And we've returned to a net cash position. You know, we took out a seven and a half million term loan when we acquired Hunters. And due to the strong performance of the group over the last two years, we've managed to repay that early and now sit in a cash positive position that, again, David will elaborate on a little bit later. So, so yeah, final part, we're delighted with the results we're going to present to you today. It's been a really successful year for the group and, and um, we're happy to share those with you. I'll now pass you over to David, who will, will add some colour to that. Good afternoon, everyone. I've been 10 years in the business and um, every year I've been um, to, you know, delighted and proud with the results we've reported. But uh, this year, this year is a, just the, the uh, vindication of something that we started uh, two and a half years ago um, to drive uh, the business from where it was. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I was very proud of those and, and of those results in 2018, 2019, even 2020 was a record year, but to drive us forward, um, put us into a a wholly different position. And I think uh, these results reflect that. So group revenue up 13% to 27.2 million. On a light for light basis, looking at those businesses we've owned throughout, that was 8% growth. Management service fees are all teased the lifeblood, the most important revenue stream to keep developing for us, up 8% to 15.9 million at like for like, up 5%. If you were to just look at the two key component parts, nettings was up 12% year on year and sales up 2%. I mean, up 2% in a market that went back um, 15% in transactions. Um, that, that's quite something. Um, adjusted EBITDA, a measure that I always uh, include because um, it's close to reflecting what's happening in um, cash generation all the time, up 14% to 11.8 million, almost 100% of that converted into cash from operations, um, which is why I uh, tend to keep that measure there. Adjusted operating margin, strong again, up above my threshold of 40% that I set for the business when I started, just there, 41%, that's perfect for us. Profit for tax, up 38% to 8.8 million. You know, again, that's a hell of a growth in a year and operating profit, which lies behind that, has gone up 40% this year, went up 40% last year. So it's terrific. Net cash, as a result of all this cash generation, net cash has gone positive by 1.7 million. That's despite us um, paying out uh, record dividends, um, investing in record amounts actually in uh, our operating systems that our franchisees use. Um, and um, Gratefully, uh, we've managed to repay the term loan that we had very early. So um, all of that done and in a net cash position of 1.7 million. And then dividends. Well, you know, we're generating all this cash. So 
follows that we are generating profits, we're generating the earnings. We've raised the dividend for the full year from 11.6p to 13p, so up 12%. Yes, there is some headroom in that because it's by most measures about 50% of what we've generated and could have paid out if we'd wished to. That's done deliberately in years where there might be slightly slower growth and you never know what's around the corner. Uh, I like to know that we can continue with our progressive dividend policy. Uh, And last by no means least, uh, if I look at the adjusted earnings per share fully diluted, well, that's up 6% to 28.4p. So where did all of that come from? Well, let's have a look at revenue. Last year, just over 60% of our revenue came from management service fees, our royalties this year, just under. The big change year on year has been financial services. We are making, as we set out two years ago, a concerted effort to generate more income from financial services both within our franchise network and within our own business that we've bought, Mortgage Genie. We're on that journey. That's the big change year on year. And for those who are new to us, Other represents the services that we supply to our franchisees. And we do that in two ways. One, we have the master licenses for all the operating systems that they use. We provide the frontline support and and license them on those systems. And then uh, in Umove fully and in Hunters partially, we uh, manage the properties uh, on the landlord's behalf through the franchisees. So that generates an income stream for us as well. Management service fees, slight change. Lettings has improved a little bit over 2021. Some might have thought it would have improved further given the reduction in the sales market. But you can see from the fact that MSS grew 2% year on year that it wasn't going to change too much. Market's going to be slower again for sales transactions in 2023. So um, I think you can expect a bit of a drift out again um, and lettings MSF to probably represent 57, 58% of um, total MSF in 2023. Management service fees from financial services Yes, currently at 1%. There's been a lot of work on that, and Gareth will update on how that's progressing this year. Do I think it will be a larger element overall? Slightly, maybe, but I mean, it might be 2%. It's not going to suddenly um, dramatically change. The two key streams are still going to be sales and lettings, with lettings um, being the uh, majority um, at the end of the day. One last thing on performance in the year. I like to just keep us rooted in cash. Indeed, these days with so many entries that go into accounts to follow the theory of how we have to account, it sometimes can be difficult to see what's happening. And cash is always a leveller in this regard. So cash at the start of the year is 8.4 million. We generated 9 million from net cash from operations. That's after paying tax and interest on our loans. We paid the bank loan paid out dividends of 3.8 million and ended the year at 7.6 million. Where were we in terms of net cash from operations? Almost the same year on year. That reflects slightly higher tax we've had to pay in 2022 over prior years, uh, more interest on the loans, um, a little, little bit of working capital that's um, had to go into the business to secure some arrangements for the franchisees. And on a free cash flow basis, just slipped slightly because there's more shares in issue in 22 in the way we calculate this number than there were in 21 as a result of the Hunter's acquisition. So just slipped down from 27p to 26p, but still healthy when we're only paying out a divvy of 13p. I'm going to take you on to the next part of this, which is a period of significant growth. Ten years ago, uh, we'd come to market. We were a relatively small low, small cap business with um, what we were proud of as a, a very good profit record. Um, we've went through the, the first five years 
group or a very good business from legal in general, um, then got into the hybrid market through UMove and um, came to um, 2019 um, and started to look and say, what do we need to do next? As you know, Ian was leaving us, Gareth joined, and we set out on a new strategy. And I wanted to just sort of show what that looked like before and after. And I could have just shown you 2020 and 21 and 22, but some of you might have said, well, that's all very well. 2020, that wasn't the greatest year, even it was a record year for us. There were plenty of uh, issues around that year for all of us. So I've gone a bit further out and just given us five-year trends. Turnover, you know, take us back to 18, 19, 20, 11.2 to 11.5 million, and now 27.2. I mean, it's gone up two and a half times since 2020. MSF up from low of 9.4 to 15.9, 69% growth. Profit before tax just about doubled up from four and a bit, depending on which year you look at before 2021, now up at 8.8 .8 million. We measure this in the business all the time because this is how we performance measure and task our own businesses every day. Adjusted PBT up from 5.3 in 2020 to 10.7 now. That underlying trend is always important for us. That tells us where the headline number, this number is going. Just to EBITDA, we've talked about four, so I'm going to skip on. Earnings per share fully diluted, 22.5p in 2022, up 69% on the five years. Adjusted fully diluted EPS, so where are things going to? If we continue on as we are, what's underlying our business? Up to 28.4p. 114% growth. That should show that that dividend per share that we've set now at 13p for 2022 has got some room to grow yet. And clearly, um, off the back of this, um, we've been generating a good amount of cash to keep investing. That's why net assets have gone up 137% over the five years. And we've talked about net cash being in a positive position now. We're back on this working through our organic growth and just in tweaking things in the business so that return on capital employed will start to grow back towards 25% and return on capital invested will start to grow back towards 30%. So all those metrics, I mean, you know, as I said, we're proud of the results we created in, and generated in 18 and 19 and 20. But in all those metrics, um, the, the strategy of the last two and a bit years has, has really paid off. And now it's a case of us um, looking again, looking at the market and deciding how we want to grow. And with that, I'm going to hand back to Gareth. Thanks, David. Um, and, and as David said, you know, we've been on a you know really fast journey over the last two and a half years, you know, in effect, double the size of the business, which is impressive. But, but we're sort of at that stage now where we need to push on again um, and, and, and look at where those next opportunities come. I think the thing to say, the, the great news we've got is, is that leadership team and that, that, that organic growth coming from the team we've put in place, irrespective of um, uh, whatever acquisition activity we can get involved in, does, does, does give us the opportunity to continue to grow uh, the profit line, not, not at the speed we have in the last two and a half years, but still um, uh, pretty reasonable. This just gives you some clarity about what the market's done and how the lettings business has 76,000 properties under management sort of protects us from the sort of bumps of the sales market. And you can see, you know, on the sales side, on the right hand side, the peaks of 2021 with the stamp duty holidays, the flatter market, albeit, you know, a reducing market in 2022. Our estimates are that there were 1.5 million transactions in 2021. 
and probably about 1.25 in 2022, but much flatter profile. And you'll see the graph of 2019. The 2019 profile is the one that we're following this year. We believe it to be a much more normalised market and probably going to deliver somewhere between 1 and 1.1 million transactions in 2023. What you'll see on the left-hand side, however, is this rental inflation and just, you know, I've never known a lettings market as active as the one we've got today. You know, rent inflation is significant and that's driving its way into the income that's generated to us as the franchisor. You know, that, that, that graph, if we put the start to sort of 2023 on there, would be yet again above uh, the blue line. So, um, so we're really confident that you know whatever reduction in the sales market there may be in 2023, the lettings business will more than make up for that as it did in 2022. In terms of the market update, talked about this residential sales gone from 1.5 to 1.25 to probably one to 1.1, and likely to align to 2019. Rental demand continues to outstrip supply. There is an increasing drive towards professionalism, and we're really conscious of that. Our job as the franchise always to make sure that, that, that we educate our franchisees and we protect them. Um, and, and Eric Walker, one of my MDs, is, is, is the guy that takes the lead on that. Um, and that's becoming more and more relevant moving forward. Net migration is still on the up. Rising mortgage costs are a factor, however, not quite the factor we thought they were going to be back in October when the mini budget took place. And the lack of new build will continue to drive rental inflation. Um, the government set a target of something like 300,000 housing units. They've scrapped that target. They're, they're, they're delivering somewhere around 130, 140,000 houses a year. And that's just not enough. Uh, so we expect to see that rental inflation continue. Um, and in 2022, the UK lettings market saw uh, double-digit growth in terms of rent inflation, and we're seeing at least that this year, um, so, so showing those signs of stopping. So why are we well-positioned? We've got a really robust business, and we're a market leader with a proven franchise model and a growth track record. So you know, although the group has grown significantly over the last three years, there's still a long way to go. There's still work to do that will improve those results still further. We're strongly cash generative with a net cash position, which puts us you know, in a really good position, I think, in 2023. We've got a very experienced senior management team adding value that I've talked about, and that's a massive change for us. We've got a clear, simple and focused growth strategy that's working. Core strength is to capitalise on the opportunities that arise out of disruption. So. You know, we said we're ready to push again. Uh, we'd love to think there's an opportunity that's right for us that we can uh, uh, secure this year or early part of next year and we'll have the cash to do it. Um, the acquisitions we have done are delivering well. So Hunters has integrated really nicely. Mortgage Genie that we acquired in September 2021, um, again, is, is, is one performing very well in its own right, but also... Uh, we're learning an awful lot about financial services that we're then able to um, uh, uh, push across the group. Um, so we've got high hopes that um, uh, that that will continue to drive a good return for us. We have a high proportion of recurring income. So this cyclical sort of housing market fear sort of doesn't really affect us. You know, the peaks and the troughs are much less for us being a franchisor. 
and as David's touched on, a really strong focus on enhanced margin. So that 40% really is a sort of test for us that we don't allow our costs to get away from us um, and we keep delivering that, 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 that strong margin. The growth initiatives and you know, just going through those, we launched these in September 2020 when we came out of lockdown and actually haven't seen any reason to change them because it is still work in progress. It is still growing on an annual basis. Lettings growth is a massive focus for us. And we would do that through assisted acquisitions and local organic growth. And again, this year, that's proving really successful. When I joined the group, our Martin & Co business was suboptimal from a sales perspective, very strong from a lettings perspective, but that th there was definitely um, opportunity um, from a sales perspective. And we focused on that. And we'll talk about the results in the next slide. Increasing the penetration of financial services across the network. We are a 24,000 exchange unit business and two years ago had no real financial services offering. So that was always a significant opportunity. Uh, it's probably taken longer and has been harder than we would have liked, but we are now beginning to make some real progress that I'll touch on later. You move recruitment, you know, we set that as a real focus back in September 2020 and we wanted to double the size of the network over two years and we come really close to that. And that business is 10 years old. As of two weeks ago, I was at a 10-year celebration conference um, and, and is really adding value to the group. Um, it's grown significantly over the last three years and now represents a, you know, a good chunk of our profits um, and has the ability to, to, to really push forward. Acquisitions at a franchise all level I've touched on. If there was a business there that fitted the group, we would undoubtedly consider it. And then digital marketing, we talked about that customer for life journey with the data that we hold. And I'll touch on the sort of progress we've made on the next slide. So lettings growth, 76,000 managed properties, up 2,000 on the year. Assisted acquisitions last year, we brought 1,890 units into the network, which will deliver 2.1 million of revenue at franchisee level. And our aspiration this year is to try and deliver between two and a half and three and a half additional units and that will be our plan for the next five years how will we do that the fact that our footprint has extended significantly as a result of the hunters acquisition and the growth of UMove means that we've now got more territories in the UK so before if an acquisition opportunity came up we could only buy it in 200 locations in the UK we've now got double the size 400 locations so by definition we should be able to complete on more acquisitions as a result of our footprint and we'll really push that over the next five years in terms of the sales activity again when i joined the group martin co was suboptimal in the sales side of the business um they, they moved their market share forward last year so although the market in the uk probably dropped back 15 16 percent martin and co's market share moved forward they did more exchanges last year than they did in 2021 so uh, good progress being made there. Financial services, it's been a challenge. You know, the uncertainty after the mini budget was a concern, but luckily that stabilised quite quickly and the mortgage rates now are, you know, you've got competitive rates around 4 4.5%. Our mortgage business has significantly improved in the last six months and we're on a run rate currently to deliver about 3,000 mortgage units. Our target when we set out two years ago was to get 6,000, and that's growing quite nicely. 
So although there's still a lot of work to do, we're pretty happy with the progress that we've made in the last 12 months on financial services. And Mortgage Genie has performed resiliently. But the biggest asset of Mortgage Genie, I think, is the knowledge that, that they provided us in terms of how do we make financial services a success across the group. Um, and Matt Stevens, the MD there, has been, been instrumental in you know, looking at the opportunities we've got and how we go about securing those. You move recruitment. So 44 new territories sold last year, second best year on record, uh, 189 under contract, a sales rate of between three and four a month, which, you know, is pretty steady progress. You know, the opportunity in you move is probably 1200 territories. Um, I don't think we'll ever get to 1200 territories, but there's certainly optimism to think we could get to at least 400. Um, and that would make you move the largest single brand estate agency in the UK. Um, so, so big focus on that over the next five years to drive that number um, past 200 and beyond. Acquisitions at a franchise or level, Hunter's Mortgage Genie integrated and performing well. And I think, you know, I look back two, two years ago, almost to the day, and we were cock a hoop about the acquisition that we made with Hunter's. And what a lot of people said, well, congratulations on, on that, but you've now got to demonstrate you can integrate it. And I think we've done that. I think we've delivered everything and more that we talked about two years ago. And that gives us real confidence in being able to take forward another acquisition, which is why we're keen to sort of investigate that this year. And then the big part for the group, which probably doesn't get the value it deserves, you know, being the largest franchisor in the UK means that we've got 600 businesses on a daily basis collecting consumer data and storing those in CRM. So we've made a huge investment in 2022 to upgrade each business's CRM. So we started with Hunters. We just about finished with Umove. We'll then move on to Martin & Co. So the whole group's data will be in accessible CRMs. That then all feeds up to the mothership, let's call it. And we, we, we get the opportunity to communicate with that data um, and to send appropriate communications uh, to, to, to that data to try and drive leads back to the franchise business. Okay, So we've got um, our CRM sorted. We've, we've uh, launched new websites across all of the business. We've got our email service provider in the middle, and that that that's what the, the 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 vehicle that will send the communications out. And our intention is to build this customer for life journey with multiple touch points, all aimed with a click a call to action to 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 drive additional sales back to the business in terms of financial services, rent indemnity, conveyancing, lettings, and sales. So we're part way through that, but it's a really exciting piece for the future. In addition, we're looking at some referral software, which I may have touched on before, where you know we, we, we have situations currently where somebody will go into Derby with a house to sell in, let's say Bournemouth, be registered as a buyer in Derby, and Bournemouth will never get to hear about that customer with a house to sell. Our intention is to have this clever software in the middle that will alert Bournemouth office to the Derby buyer and the Bournemouth office will have a conversation with that seller in terms of marketing their property. So, so the data piece, don't, don't underestimate that. You know, we collect now significant amounts of data, all of which we, we intend to communicate to drive additional income into the, into the business.
industry leading executive team, loads of investment in this. Again, two years ago, none of these people were there, or two and a half years. Uh, we've got Ellie Hall, who looks after Mining Co Midlands and North. And in addition to, if you like, a day job, she's also an acquisition specialist. She's probably been involved in more portfolio acquisitions on behalf of franchisees over the last 10 years than anyone else. So she's our real expert in, in the acquisition side of the business. Eric Walker runs Martin & Co South and Scotland. And in addition to that, takes the lead on compliance, GDPR and regulation across the business, which is absolutely needed. We've got Rob Smith, who looks after Hunts and Whitegates, and he's uh, from a big corporate background, looking after multiple office um, locations, and he's really experienced in residential sales and financial services, so he's taking the lead on our financial services uh, offering with Toby Phillips. Nick Neal, we've touched on, MD of Move, absolutely, you know, has driven that business from the day he took over. As I say, celebrated their 10-year anniversary and is, is growing that business into the most successful hybrid estate agency offering in the UK. We've then got Glynis Frew, who was the ex-CEO of Hunters, who now takes a lead on um, training and development and regulation from an estate agency's perspective. Roper is still on the cards and Glynis will lead the health franchisees on Roper. Toby Phillips supporting Rob Smith in terms of residential sales improvement and financial services. Adam Noonan, our new commercial director who oversees marketing, IT and third-party suppliers. And then Matt Stevens of Mortgage Genie, who I've talked about. So, you know, a significant team of people that um, have the ability to organically grow the business that we currently get. Outlook, we're confident that we're in a good position and can execute on our strategic plan. Quarter one has been ahead of management expectations, both in terms of revenue and profitability. And we see no reason why that will fall in the remainder of the year. Experienced team continues to support the group franchisees with further growth expected in 2023. But our ultimate goal and the thing we've said consistently for three years, our ultimate goal remains to support our franchisees in order to help them become more successful. The relationships that we've built with franchisees over the last two and a half years means that we now have a stronger relationship than ever before. And that gives, gives me real confidence that, that, that we will be able to um, drive forward the, uh, the results. So we remain confident in delivering growth um, in, in full year 23 and beyond. Thanks for listening. That's the presentation. Tamsin, over to you. So we've got a few questions here. This time last year, you had 74,000 managed properties. You acquired nearly 2,000 and now have 76,000. How hard is it for your franchisees to find local organic growth? Uh, yeah, re really tricky. Um, and there's a number of reasons for that. For, firstly, you know, there, there, there's not loads and loads of landlord properties that are vacant. So everything that you've got is rented. So I guess if you're a landlord and you've got a tenant, you're not going to change um, agent. Um, and then the new the, you know, the new generation of buy-to-let landlords, there's not many coming in at the moment. So, so we've got a big piece that we're working on at the moment, which is how do we attract new landlords into the buy-to-let sector? Um, and then, of course, you've got some landlords at the height of the market deciding to exit that market. So, so you know, uh, local growth is, is very, very difficult, which is why we're very focused on 
that acquisition program, uh, buying small local portfolios. The good news is, you know, people, you know, the agents didn't sell in 2020 because of COVID. The market then was very busy in 2021 and 2022. So the number of opportunities to buy small to medium-sized portfolios locally um, has been subdued. And we've already seen in the first sort of three months of 2023, far more opportunities coming to market. But I think our, our, our growth will be very much focused on acquisitions of local portfolios rather than sort of organic growth with new landlords coming to us. And with the acquisitions of Hunters and Mortgage Genie, are you concerned that you made the acquisitions at what might be considered at or near the top of the market? As you state in the results, sales activity is not where it was in 21 or 22, Q1 to Q3. I think for, from my perspective, David will have his view. We, 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 the, the, the timing was incredible. So, so we bought the business at just the right time to take advantage of that really strong market and, and, and that generated all the cash in 2021 and 22 that's enabled us to pay off our, our term loan probably ahead of schedule. Um, and you know what we're going back to is a more normalized market. Um, I, I think what 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 we've done um, with with both businesses is align them to to the TPFG uh, model, um, and that's driven out you know um, um, some upside. Um, there was some cl- clearly some synergies with the Hunters deal. So you know if you look at what the the, the what Hunters achieved in twenty. Um, 19 let's say 2020 was was um uh, obviously covid compared to what it's delivering now is significantly up on that result um uh and and obviously with a more normalized market um uh, I, I think it'll continue to go from strength to strength i think you know the 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 the, the synergies coupled with the uh, increased focus on the lettings market and the financial services opportunity within Hunters um, give, gives um, uh, room for real optimism over the next two or three years that that business will continue to deliver enhanced profits. And I see some of the growth opportunities referenced include conveyancing and block management. Is block management not quite a departure from the existing competences? Uh, so we've partnered. So, so, so yes and no. So we've partnered with a company that that does block ma- management on scale. Um, so, so it, it's sort of a joint venture on block management for the for for the lettings agents that want to do it. Um, so we were we were pushed by a number of franchisees to allow them to get into that space. We then picked a partner that would, from a compliance perspective, keep them safe. Uh, that, that that was quite a compelling proposition. Um, and we've had a number of franchisees uh, uh, t- take that option up and are doing incredibly well on it, actually. Um, I was talking to a franchisee down south um, last month, and, and they've won about 500 properties from a block management perspective. Um, and, and block management is pretty low margin uh, income, but what it does is open up the opportunities to understand all of the landlords in that block to be able to let those properties. So it's sort of not a sprat to catch a mackerel, but but it's it's good data, it's good information that uh, enables them to locally understand their lettings market a little bit better and give them opportunity to go out from uh, a, a landlord perspective. Conveyancing is, if you like, quite a new income stream that we've launched. We've partnered with a couple of businesses, um, and the early signs of that is actually hugely impressive. 
think we've done a thousand instructions in Q1 um, from a standing start. So that's moving much quicker than um, financial services did initially. And, and it's all about increasing the profitability of a transaction. So if you only charge a sales fee, that's maybe £3,000 of, of income. If you can then do the mortgage, that's £4,500 worth of income. If you can then do the conveyancing, that's another £350 worth of income. So it's about maximising the income um, um, out of that, that deal. And, and, you know, I wouldn't say we've been good at that historically, and we're much more focused on that today. And I think in a reducing transaction marketplace, uh, what we've got is engagement from franchisees. I think last year and in 2021, anything you asked them to do extra, they just couldn't do. Their bandwidth wasn't there. This year, we're seeing signs immediately that they recognise that they, they need to earn money from other sources and, and, and therefore um, that, that, that's driven the success, I think. And your growth strategy relies on M&A. What are your priorities in M&A? Is it financial services? Is it increasing the lettings book? Is it sales? What should we expect? So, so that, firstly, I don't think it relies on um, uh, mergers and acquisitions. I think we've got twofold, two parts of growth now. We've got the, 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 the organic growth within the um, existing business, um, supported by the, the the team of people we've put together, um, uh, that there's showing real signs of growth. You know, if you take the figures from last year and the growth that we saw in the old business, the TPFG business, pre the Hunter's acquisition, that growth is significant year on year. Um, the financial services opportunity within the business, when, when, when I talk about having an aspiration to do 6,000 exchange units on financial services, well, we're doing 24,000 exchanges. So, 6,000, you know, we could do a lot more. You then look at the conveying thing that can come into the business. And again, that can move the dial. So, so, so I think we've got, and, and then the, the, the lettings book acquisition. So that's our existing business. So I think, you know, that there's absolutely room to grow year on year uh, with that side of the business. Um, but, but we are highly acquisitive because of the cash generation um, that, 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 that we have. So, what, what would we consider? We'd love another franchise business. Um, uh, we'd certainly consider a financial services business. You know, we've, we've, we've bought Mortgage Genie um, and that, that's been a really good learning curve and a real asset to the group. And that will just grow over the next five years. Um, if we could buy another business like Mortgage Genie, I think we'd be interested in doing that. We don't, you know, we don't want to dominate our result through financial services, but there's still significant room to grow in the financial services space. So, um, so, so I think you know a a franchise model business we'd be very interested in a financial services business that would integrate uh, and fit um, uh, uh, our current strategy and our mortgage genie business would also be attractive. Um, David, I don't know whether you'd add to that. I think that the only other thing to add to it is that occasionally we see complementary businesses that we think are a relatively small scale that um, could sit alongside a franchise network and provide a meaningful service and, and would be worth considering. That's that's the other area, um, I guess, that we look at. And then, you know, every, everyone's strategies is uh, open for, for change. And we, we notice a few that are changing right now. Uh, we think, does that give us a, an opportunity maybe there to uh, and buy an element of the business that would sit well with us. So um, that, that's where 
Um, that's where our acquisition is going to come from. And having put ourselves in the position that we're in, um, you can imagine uh, we'd, we'd be keen to have conversations with anybody. Um, so if you're out there and you're listening, um, you know, give us a call. And with the UK residential transactions down 20 to 25% year to date, how's your network performing on transactions alone? Do you want me to pick that, Gareth? Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I follow the stats a lot. I, I don't think there's quite that decline in, in, the, in the marketplace at this moment in time. Um, there's, there's a lot of headline talk about this, but um, not not so much when you start to delve into the, the actual nitty gritty of it. Um, and we're not seeing that um, in, our, in our own businesses. So I, I, I presume others aren't as well. Um, we've had a bit of adjustment in the first quarter. Prices have come down just a smidgen, not that much really. Um, the amount of uh, listing activity going on would suggest to us that um, we are heading towards that 2019 market that we thought we were heading towards. And certainly at Zoopla, when they were putting their data out in the market, thought so as well. So, um, yes, there is some element of, of drop down that will be spread across our businesses. If Martin & Co performs in the same way as it did in 2022, you'll see very little change. Um, it won't see a reduction in transactions, that's for sure. Um, the brands we've owned for, owned for a long period of time will see some modest contraction, maybe eight or nine percent. Um, you move probably similar because it's got the growth phase of, of adding new franchisees on. Um, Hunters is probably the most effective, uh, affected by the market because A, it's got a large element of its earnings coming from sales and B, um, it's, it's an established player in that marketplace. So it's the most likely to follow the market. Um, and then the other side, of course, is that while that's happening, um, lettings is growing all the time. And in all those businesses, we are um, uh, actively engaged in growing uh, the lettings activity there. So um, it should play out. No reason to say it shouldn't. It should play out exactly like 2022. Um, lettings um, growth will outweigh any sales reduction. Um, and, you know, if we do see 15% drop down in the market in 2023 for sales as we did in 22, um, well, a, a similar sort of result, you would have thought, wouldn't you? Something like um, you know, 8% like for like growth in in, in uh, revenue, 5% in MSF. Um, and, you know, I, I think we come what may, there, there will be some growth there uh, year on year. What do you think, Gareth? Yeah, I, I'd agree. Mar you know, the market's normalising. I mean, we're going back to a normal market. 2019 was the last normal market we saw. So definitely less transactions, but average house prices are higher. And therefore, average fee is is higher. So there's a there's not a direct comparison. Um, so so yeah, we're, we're we're really encouraged about how the market started this year. Um, and and you know it, it could have been a lot worse. You know, you looked at October, and if you'd have asked me in October November, I'd probably be a little bit more cautious. But certainly, quarter one has has, has started. You know, in line with where we'd hoped. And I expect some franchisees generate a lot more MSF compared to others, the Pareto principle. Further, I expect some of the most successful franchisees are of an older demographic. To that end, if franchisees retire or want to exit their franchise, how does it work? Would that reduce the number of franchisees' properties or would they be sold on to new existing franchisees? And to what extent do you get involved in succession plans for high-performing franchisees? 
I'll, I'll take the star of that, David. So, so really good question. So, so yes, our franchise uh, community is is an aging population. Uh, so, do we help them? Absolutely. You know, we have a franchise um, uh, services team that uh, deals with all franchise inquiries and all franchise resales, and we probably deal with I don't know ten to twenty a year. Um, ranging from, I think the largest one we've sold in the last 18 months was 1.5, 1.6 million, um, down to, you know, the smaller ones at 250, 300,000. So, um, I, I, you know, we, we have a responsibility as the franchisor to ensure there's a steady flow of new generation franchisees coming into the business. Um, a number of our existing franchisees will bring family in and pass it to family. Uh, so it's probably, I don't know, 50-50 split with people that have a um, exit plan based on when they want to retire to the ones that want to pass on to family and take a bit more of a backseat in the business. But yeah, we're absolutely, we've got a team centrally based in Bournemouth headed by um, Penny Sanders, who's been with us for, well, almost since day one. I think she was employee number three, um, who absolutely understands franchise marketplace um, and, and is constantly interviewing uh, potential franchisees of the future. Do you want me to pick up on just the spread of business? Because I think naturally, given the models that we run, they are going to be, those franchisees are going to be generating different levels of, of, of turnover right the way across the piece. And if they're generating different levels of turnover, then, you know, they're contributing um, the same percentage, more or less, in terms of management service fees to us, but obviously um, from, from quite small amounts to, to quite large amounts. That, that's that's the nature of it. Um, will um, some franchisees, um, yeah, come, of course, could retire? Yeah, always, as Gareth touched on, that's, that's the very nature of it. It's something that we stress, but, um, you know, we also spend a lot of time talking with them about what it is that really generates the value for their business because unlike some of these other models that run franchising is all about the fact that you generate a, a reasonable or good living um, during the time you run the business and then you've got an asset at the end to sell and uh, that's much different to a lot of other um, models working in our sector that is something that they so, um, have as a as almost as their pension and it's very incumbent on us to make sure that they're growing that value and that at the time they come to sell that they have something that's worthwhile to do so so we spend a lot of time talking about that with them and um, that means actually that um, as Gersu, we, we don't see so many franchisees decide to sell up um, more are working on ways to either pass on to uh, employees or to um, uh, to members of the family so um, yeah, ch changing dynamic there. And finally, can you comment on the current valuations of potential franchised businesses? Presumably, Winkworth would be a great fit, but not for sale. Yeah, uh, the, the Winkworth's a great business, would be a great fit, but it is a great business. And and you know, um, uh, the, the 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 valuations of I think all three franch listed franchise businesses are. Um, probably a little bit too low at the moment based on the recurring income that you've got. We're probably the most developed. I would say that, wouldn't I? You've got Belvoir that had a big move forward um, uh, over the last four weeks, and then you've got Wingworth. So, you know, we, we, we um, you know, when you look at the business model, you look at the success the three businesses have had over the last three or four years, then, you know, they, they, they all strike me as, as, as undervalued at the moment. Um, and, and, and our job is to, you know, keep working, keep driving the profit, keep driving performance to a level that um, we get fair value, I guess, in the, in the market. Um, 
uh, you know, but, but yeah, Wingworth would be a lovely fit for us. And that's the end of questions. Gareth, have you got any closing remarks? Just as always, just thanks for your interest. You know, time's precious and, and giving up an hour to listen to us is is, is really appreciated. Uh, you know, we're delighted with the results we've delivered this year. You know, we've got plans for 2020, 2023, 2024 and beyond that are really exciting. And hopefully we've been able to, to, to relay that to you guys today. Um, but, but, you know, hopefully your interest will, 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 will stay there and, and look forward to speaking to all of you again in September. PI World videos and podcasts are for general information and interest. They do not constitute any kind of recommendation or inducement to buy shares of any company. PI World is not offering any kind of financial advice and nothing in our material should be taken as such.